Bray, what is it? There's been a public announcement, and it's all over the city. And? There's going to be a coronation of the true Supreme Mother. It has to be either May or Celine. You don't know if it's going to be one of them, Lex. Oh, it's one of them, all right. And once this war is over, that traitor, she's going to get what she deserves. And when is the war going to be over, Lex? What, next year? We can't wait that long. We have to finish this now. So welcome to Series 3, Episode 24 of Conversations on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. And Sabine. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 3, Episode 24, the screenplay was done by Tony Osborne. It was directed by John Reed, and the episode synopsis was read out by Sabine. The rebels learn of the coronation of the true Supreme Mother and come up with a plan to bring down the Chosen once and for all. Ned continues to push pride, while Ellie tries to convince Luke that she isn't using him. And tensions between Alice and Celine over their different approaches to the Chosen come to a head. Bray learns of the announcement that the true Supreme Mother is going to be crowned in the city. Frustrated at the rebels' lack of progress, Ebony suggests using the coronation as an opportunity to assassinate the Guardian from long range with a crossbow. Bray thinks this would make them no better than the Chosen themselves, whereas Lex agrees with Ebony. So yeah, what do you make of their reaction to the announcement of the true Supreme Mother and the discussions surrounding the second assassination attempt? <sighs> it's... <laughs> First off, I just had to laugh that Lex immediately goes for May or Celine. Just... Instantly going, it couldn't be anyone else who would sell it out. So his mind doesn't go to Alice or Ellie in that instance. Or obviously his own wife. And I think he has a point, you know? I th- he does have a point. I mean, the, the <laughs> options are <laughs> limited. <laughs> like, if it has to be one of the mole rats, which they logically expect. There's two obvious choices. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that, that they assume that it's one of the slaves you know like that there's nobody else within the chosen who would be picked to be supreme mother in fact i would the Malrats would be the last people i would assume that the guardian would pick out of his pool of candidates i mean if you're in the you know it it actually seems pretty crazy (laughs) that this cult leader you know um would pick somebody he has enslaved to take this position and that there isn't some uproar within the chosen themselves so the fact that he they just like oh yeah it ought to be someone we know like really does it (laughs) you should be way more surprised it should be a surprise that it's going to be your wife it should be surprised that it's one of your group at all who got Mm -hmm. put in this position because it doesn't make an ounce of sense that he would (laughs) pick someone from your group unless it's to annoy you but I do like this conversation because of uh, the job it does in showing us the insight on not only their opinions on taking lives, 
or there it's also it points out their opinions on how they feel about anyone who ended up joining the chosen um like we already know that bray doesn't hold it against anybody who's joined them he's thinking bigger picture he understands it's stressful and i'm not in a position to judge anybody who may have made that decision to protect themselves so he doesn't hold any grudge against anyone but we know that lex clearly does he is very bothered by anybody who's betrayed them by joining the chosen it's why he can't get over what trudy did it's why he never gets over what may did you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it bothers him he takes it personal you know and then you have ebony where it's just like do you ca- I don't think she cares so much about the betrayal as much as she's annoyed that there's another group in charge. <laughs> so, I mean, I, given opportunity, Ebony would have been the one to offer herself up as Supreme Mother. So, and she I, did. You know, she, yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that it's consistent with their characters and their viewpoints. And um, even the conversation about taking out the Guardian. I like that Lex is the one who said it. I'm getting deja vu, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Because he's been here with Ebony before and she's presenting this idea like no one's ever had it. And it's like, Ebony, it was your idea before and you're the one who dropped the ball, you know, mm-hmm. um, too busy monologuing. And I also think it's funny that, of course, Ebony would come up with a plan and present the weapon, but then conveniently be like, don't look at me. I don't know how to use it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so if this plan falls through. You can't, no one can blame you for being the one mm-hmm. to screw the pooch, you know? And, but it's so uh, like her. I'm just so thrilled that for that, even if it's just that one tiny little sentence, Bray remembers the fact that Danny taught him how to use one. Oh, convenient. Mm-hmm. We never even seen her actually use one. When, when, were you, when were you taking crossbow lessons? Like, when, when does that happen? We've only <laughs> seen her hold it and aim it at him. In her instruction episode. No, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Bray and Danny didn't have any hobbies. They didn't do things together. <laughs> no, no, but, 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 you know, at least he remembers she existed. It's nice that the writers remember she existed, yes. <laughs> you know, come on, you guys know it was a reluctant remembrance. They needed a weapon. <laughs> they needed a long-range weapon. And they were like, oh, we have uh, this crossbow pop that we only used once. <laughs> and they were like, you do realize we'll have to mention Danny. <laughs> it's a sacrifice we're willing to make. They had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Uh. Well, it's nice to at least remember her. <laughs> she existed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the very few times someone that they took away gets acknowledged again. Mm-hmm. I like the discussion. I like that they bring up um, just once again. I, I like that it's not a unanimous decision. That each person has a different reason for why they end up agreeing to the plan. You know, we, Ebony has no hesitation. It's her idea. And we, that makes sense. She's already tried to kill this person before. We know Ebony doesn't have a problem with bumping people off who are in her way. Like, it's not even personal for her. We see Lex, who agrees, but later in his conversation, we'll realize that it's more he wants an end to this. And he, he agrees that drastic measures must be taken to end all of this. There's not a personal satisfaction. It's just, it's got to be done. Sometimes the tough thing needs to be done. And then you have Bray, who's completely against it, but understands, you're right, something has to be done. I don't feel good about this, but I'm kind of outvoted here. You know? And mm-hmm. so I also like that as well. Good character beats here. 
Yeah. Glad they at least discussed it. Like, Ebony, why did you pick up a crossbow that you can't use? She's like, oh, I'm going to give the dirty work to, to give the dirty work to someone else. Of course she is. What'd she have done if Bray didn't know how to use it either? <laughs> Were they going to start asking the Gaians? <laughs> yeah, I assume <laughs> that was the next part of the plan. And if any of them knew archery or something, they <laughs> could use it. The, guy, the guy's like, we don't take lives like that. <laughs> what are you talking about? I just think it's like, she didn't think that through yet again. <laughs> but I do like, like she they she tried a frontal assault, like physically assault before. Mm-hmm. So like, this is like now a long range assault. It's kind of, it yeah. follows through kind of thing. At least it's, you know, it's more thinking kind of. Definitely a better plan. Like, to attack from far away and so i do like that but i just think it's funny how ebony got here (laughs) and it's what would she have done if not only lex said i don't know how to use one and she's like well i don't know how to use it and bray was like neither do i and then they just all sit there silently staring at the crossbow (laughs) like i would have liked to see that blooper it would be great i do wonder though other than just wanting this all to end and wanting to be the one to come up with a good plan and so off the Guardian. I wonder if part of Ebony is kind of jealous that, okay, fair enough, Trudy was a pre-mother, but, you know, at least he had Toot's baby. And now to see someone else being put in a position that she wanted, I wonder if there's some jealousy that kind of plays into that, and that helps in her need to just stop this once and for all. Oh, there's jealousy there, but I don't believe it has anything to do with Supreme Mother. Her jealousy has always been over Jaffa. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Even when she was talking to him, trying to bargain with him, ruling the Chosen together, you know that was just her way of getting her way, get in, getting in there, because she would immediately bump him off. Oh, yeah. First opportunity. <laughs> oh, which, you know, she would have yeah. done. She's not interested no. in being Supreme Mother. She wants the Chosen. She wants what Jaffa has. That's what she's jealous of. <laughs> Yeah, that partnership would have been very short-lived. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, she called herself herself suits high priestess at some point in the beginning. She she doesn't want to play second fiddle unless it's absolutely Mm-mm. necessary. Yeah. But she wants to be holding the reins. But it would have been a good position for her to get. Yeah, it, it's it's Jaffa she covets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that leads us nicely into the next scene. There's something going on. Why, why aren't you telling me, Alice? Why? Because you are totally, completely untrustworthy. That's why. You're playing their game, Celine. I don't even know what side you're on anymore. I don't even know who you are. Matter of fact, I don't even think you do. Harsh or not? Panel, what do you think of Alice's assessment of Celine? Spot on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, Alice. I was cheering. (laughs) I can't lie. I, I just like Celine coming up and saying Ty San is not suitable. I'm like, who are you, Celine? Who actually are you? What are you here for? What do you believe in? Like, how can you even? No, I'm just I was just rooting <laughs> for Alice all through that. Mm-hmm. What's Celine thinking? Oh, Ty San isn't motherly, and I am. Ah, mm-hmm. I would really have liked more insight into why. Like, I mean, the reason she gives for thinking Tysan isn't suitable don't feel like the real reasons. You know what I mean? Like, they feel like she's just blustering, caught on the spot when Alice is like, what's your problem? Like, what does it matter 
who the chosen pick to be Supreme Mother. So I really would have liked to get to the core reasons mm. that it bothers Celine that Tysan was picked, you know, because I don't think it's because she thinks that Tysan's a space cadet or because she thinks not, she's only ever had loopy ideas, whatever. Because one, that's not even accurate. And that's just coming from a really shallow, petty side. I want to know mm -hmm. the real reasons that Celine is so bothered that Tysan has been picked to be Supreme Mother. It's not out of loyalty to Trudy. So what is the problem? Nope. What is she, you know what I mean? Like, is why? I mean, if it's concern for somebody in the chosen looking out for her, why wouldn't you be happy that someone of your group has been chosen? Because for everything mm -hmm. Tysan is, she's never been cruel to you, Celine. She's never been mean. She would never screw you over. You know, if you needed help. So why are you so upset? that Tyson got chosen. I want to know the real reasons, not the pathetic excuses she was giving, because I don't think those are the real reasons. Yeah, no, I agree. There's definitely deeper reasons, but we don't really get to see that. I just can't with Celine. I'm just <laughs> sorry. I'm just so thrilled that Alice said these things to her. It's... Mm -hmm. I like Alice's reaction, because it is like, one, why do you care? Why does you? Why are you so bothered? Why? Why are you bringing this to me? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and then you know she's like, "Why is there a plan? Tell me what's going on." And her Pikachu face when Alice is like, "Why would I tell you anything? Are you seriously coming to me complaining about this right now? I've got my own problems that you don't give a crap about. You don't care about anyone in this building except for yourself. You know, in that bundle of DNA you happen to be carrying around. You know, like." You don't come to me with this crap, you know. Have you asked me how my day was? Because I'll tell you, I've got, I've got my hands full dealing with stuff. But do you care, Celine? No, uh, I was. Yeah, I felt very much like Alice, but mm -hmm. side eyeing Celine. Like, what is your damage? What are you so upset about right now? Wasn't it obvious? Tyson didn't want to talk to her, and she didn't have time for her. So, how could this benefit Celine? I just there's something else going on, and yeah. I just wish I knew what it was. Again, I feel like they're trying to convince us that Celine is kind of brainwashed. And so why there, I feel like the writers are trying to say that Celine is bothered because she actually has bought into this chosen idea of what the Supreme Mother's supposed to be. But again, I don't think they've done a good job selling me on it. So I'm mm -hmm. not convinced that that's what's bothering her. They haven't done a good job with that. Because what she says specifically, you know, is trying to tell us she's bothered because Tyson does nothing about being a mother. She's not maternal. You know, she's never cared for a child or blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, writers, it's not enough to convince me that Celine buys into the chosen. Like, you just yeah. haven't given it the time. So maybe that's what they were trying to do, but it's not working for me. Or maybe this is just a scene to set up the tension between she and Alice so it can escalate later in this, the episode. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely part of that, yeah. I would have definitely preferred to see actual Chosen having conflict over Tysan being Chosen. Yeah, actually, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and not just Luke having a meltdown. We never get to see that. Right, you know, I'd like to see other Chosen, other acolytes, people who have bought into this, see how they're reacting to not only having their original Supreme Mother, mm. you know, desecrated by their guardian of the cause, but to see that she's being replaced by a heathen, a non-believer, 
and a slave like what where mm-hmm. are they i want to know how they feel about this i don't care how yeah. Celine feels about it <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. completely agree I, I, i've mentioned this before how we don't get to see the other side of it and i, I really wish they had because that would have been really great storylines going through if we had seen that other side like the pro trudy supreme mother side of the chosen <sighs> shame that could have been a great conversation for Celine to be having. Like if you had allowed her to get close to other chosen, I don't know, through her child care yeah. class or whatever. Even if it was just Rose. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like just show like her relationship with the other chosen that could have one helped in convincing us that Celine is falling more and more into this thinking. And it would have given us some insight into how the other chosen feel, you know, and if they'd formed a friendship, there could have been some confessing of true feelings maybe a chosen might not have felt like they're being watched if they confess their true feelings to a lowly acolyte or a slave you know and could be a little bit more honest and that could have Mm -hmm. been a useful conversation that could still incorporate Celine, but give us some insight into how the people who actually matter feel about this Okay, uh, yeah, let's move on to that interesting discussion between Tyson and the Guardian. You will be by my side, as the symbolic head, the mother of all chosen. And what of you? Aren't you the symbolic father? To have a balance, we need female and male, mother and father. No. So we need to perform the public purification rituals immediately. This afternoon, you must renounce everything of your former life. So, yeah, what did you make between those interactions there we saw? Um, I really like it because it shows, for the first time, Tyson's actually afraid of Jaffa. Um, mm-hmm. In many of their earlier reaction uh, interactions, she was not scared of him. She enjoyed poking the bear and, you know, just messing with him. She felt very in control of her situation. Um, but ever since he, it's like, I want you to be my supreme mother. She is, she's scared out of her mind because this is much bigger than what she had intended on taking on. And, um, she has no prediction of how badly this can go, but she knows it could go badly. And we see her being very careful with him. And I, I like that she's testing the waters and okay, I'm going, I, we know why she's doing this. The whole point is to try to protect people and stop him so asking about power is really smart because she needs to know how much influence she's going to have in this position because otherwise what was the point you know if she Mm -hmm. won't have any then she shouldn't have taken it in the first place and that's the reason she wants to do it and uh but also testing how far she can get away with with him um and let him interpret it as he will. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever he needs to think is fine. <laughs> she needs to know, mm-hmm. what am I going to be able to do? And then you, the continuation of that is she's still <laughs> hoping to influence him sexually if that's what's necessary. Like, like okay, you, you derailed me with this Supreme Mother thing, but I still have a plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still want to see if I can get you there. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> He swats it away. (laughs) 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 So I do like this banter back and forth. It's very push and pull. And I I do think it's got a nice amount of tension. You know, Um, I'm I'm worried for her at this point. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially the way he he so quickly says, if you fail me, I'll just have you killed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jeez, dude. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
It's like being proposed to by Henry VIII. <laughs> Gee. Mm. Yeah. Tempting, but <laughs> there's this anecdote, uh, anecdote about Henry VIII when he was looking for princesses. I think this might have been before Anne of Cleves, okay? So he's had three wives go down, right? <laughs> and he, um, one princess got his invitation and she said something about her neck being too thin so she was going to have to decline. <laughs> like, no, dude, you have a rep. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely just an exercise of his need to control her, to possess her, you know? Um and it's a little bit of insight as to what Trudy went through as well when he was putting her through the paces. And yeah, it's just, it's gross. It's really gross the way he's mm -hmm. talking to her. And it's a reminder to anybody that once again, this is not um, a consensual situation. Mm -hmm. You know, like Tyson isn't in a position where she can consent to really consent to anything. He's not asking her, you know? Like, even when he first walks in the room, what does he say? He says something like, you don't plan on disappointing me, do you? Like, this wasn't some offer she could just not no. take. <laughs> no. It's that so, was never, never a true option. Right. You know, it's so gross and grimy. And I like that it comes back to that to remind you that he's in a, he's got all the power. Tyson is an enslaved person trying to do the best with her position to help people help herself and so I'm, I'm glad that it has that tone rather than playing it like she's having fun <laughs> you know mm -hmm. like no nah, no this is gross Ugh. made me very uncomfortable and it should it's interesting to see though that she still tries to push forward to see if she can get him you know with just you know uh yeah but basically if she can get him to fall for her in a way she would expect him to, because it kind of feels to me like Tyson's mainly flirting with him right now to try and see if she can get his attention that way, because then she would know what to do with the situation. Because that's the type of situation she could... Yes, agreed. You know? Because that would be a familiar situation. She yeah. would know what to do with that. I also like this because it sets a contrast between Jaffa and Luke. Now... You guys already know, I don't feel like Ellie or Tysan are in a position to consent to these relationships. But that being said, it is important to show the contrast between Jaffa's need to possess Tysan and his need to possess Trudy and all his mm -hmm. creepy issues and Luke's attraction to Ellie. It's still wrong because Ellie is in a, I mean, Luke is in a position of power over Ellie, but he is a different kind of man where Jaffa would definitely force the issue on Tyson. Luke isn't the kind of person who would do that. So that's also just, it, it's nice mirroring, showing the difference, mm -hmm. difference between both of them are using their power um, with somebody who doesn't have any. And uh, so I, I like that as well. After being forced to reveal a hidden photo of his mother during a chosen inspection, um, and yeah, shock horror, the slaves are actually getting inspected. Ned angrily overturns a plate in a cafe and orders Pride to clean it up. Sit down and I'll clean up the food. Get out of my way. Sit down, Ned. Oh yeah? And who's gonna make me? Okay, okay, it's just, uh, it's just a joke, alright? Wow. Because it isn't a lion dressed up as a lamb. 
Did you hear that pussycat roar? Ah, yeah. What do you think of Ned, his actions, and Pry choosing this moment to finally stand up to him? I think, at least in this moment, Ned's action is actually um, his way of dealing with the fact that he feels like him having that picture of his mother shown in front of everyone makes him seem weak, and he doesn't want to seem weak. And his way to deal with that is bully someone like Pride. I agree with that entirely. And, yeah... Yeah, and I think the reason Pride chooses this moment to stand up to him is not just because it's, you know, a good moment because he doesn't want to, but because Ned hurts Alice. And that's where Pride draws a line. You don't hurt women. Yeah, he got violent with somebody. And mm-hmm. he also threatened May's safety. You know, like, mm-hmm. that. Ned's taken it too far. He's becoming danger to everybody there. Because he's got issues. And Pride's like, okay, if you're just messing with me, I can handle it. I'm not bothered by you. But when you start targeting every, everybody else here, I won't stand for that. I won't let that happen. You put your hands on Alice and she wasn't in the wrong, you know, and I'm not going to allow you to do that to everybody else. You threaten May's safety when she's just doing what she needs to to survive. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like you'd be willing to endanger everyone here. No, I won't allow that to slide so yeah it's time to put you in your place cut the crap you know i just needed him to tell her to lick it up you know what i mean like i just like i just need him to say that once he got <laughs> net on the floor <laughs> lick it up <laughs> <laughs> I, I i it was it was good it was it was a nice built up too even though everything else around it were like oh yeah the slaves get inspected like there's a lot of annoying things where you're just like None of this has been established how these slaves live. I don't know how they live in this mall. I don't get it. It It's like the last train car in, what is that tra- train movie? Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, my point is, if I ignore all of that, this is just, it built up really nice to Pride finally putting his foot down. And we know where his line in the sand is. Um, I love May's reaction. Because the whole time she's been... <laughs> wondering like i know you can take care of yourself so when you're gonna do so <laughs> and all oh, that line of her and watch that pussycat roar <laughs> it's just <laughs> <sighs> and uh celine's reaction was always interesting mm-hmm. because she assumed like she said to pride i know what you you're scared too and pride doesn't really confirm that he's afraid he just says we're all scared you know like he's just comforting her but also I think he's picking at the group to see who would be useful to whatever his personal agenda Mm -hmm. is that we still don't know but I I think that's what he's doing he's eyeballing the group trying to figure out what points he can press on to be useful Um, again it would be so much it would be so much better if we knew what his plan was all along but and uh, I heard getting angry that he stood up for himself I think it made it. It was a reflection of herself that she just didn't like. I think it's that, but also the fact that you know she thought Pride was weak, like her. Yep. And yet he wasn't, and I, I think she just she's just unhappy about that fact mm. that yeah she she thought he was like her, and clearly he's not. I think it's all of the above. Plus the fact that she thought she could latch onto someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Clearly, has other ideas. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
What I think is interesting is that she hasn't tried to continue fostering her relationship with May. Like, Celine is trying to find somebody who can relate to what she did during The Chosen, right? And she feels very alone because she's surrounded by people who look down at her for having done it. Well, why isn't she clinging to May, who has also joined The Chosen, but doesn't give a crap what anybody else thinks of her for it? She spends a bunch of time with these slaves when she's supposed to be taking care of the baby. And I don't get why why she doesn't hang out with May to have that comrade of someone who would make her feel better about choosing The Chosen, if that's what she wants so badly. She, she wants a guy, to be honest. She wants a male yeah. protective figure. Um that's why she tried to latch on to Pride and Luke. And yeah, she just, she just doesn't get that from the female members of the tribe. That, and I mean, it's almost sinister in a way. Like, I, okay, I don't, please understand, I'm not saying <laughs> that Celine preys on soft, gentle men so she can get what she <laughs> wants from them. I'm simply saying that it's awfully convenient that she thought she found Someone she personally described as being afraid and wanted to latch on to him. And the minute she finds out he's strong, she's pissed. Like, why are you so upset? Shouldn't you be glad that he could protect you? Or are you afraid you can't mold him the way you'd like to? (laughs) Mainly that. That says it all. It's a little weird you got so mad. Yeah. (laughs) Immediately, she got pissed. (laughs) How dare he defend himself? He is not the guy for me. (laughs) Uh, That's a weird Mm. reaction, Celine. (laughs) That's quite telling, actually. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. All the way back in season one, when Trudy was trying to help her with her bulimia, she didn't respond to Trudy. She bit her head off. She was the right jerk to Trudy, who's just trying to be her friend and to make up for how she had treated Celine in the past. But the minute Ryan showed up, all of a sudden, Celine is like, I'm ready. Mm. Yes, thank you. You're helping me in a way nobody else did. And I'm like, I'm just saying it's convenient that he has a penis. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. If anyone has a problem with female relationships, I think it might be Celine. I'm just saying. Because this whole episode makes it makes Celine the kind of person who doesn't want to deal with anybody who's going to be honest with her. She wants somebody who's going to say the things she wants to hear and make her feel better about herself. Yep. Yeah, duh. Celine's an absolute angel. She never does anything wrong. How dare you hold up a mirror to my face? <laughs> Maybe she just felt foolish when she sees Pride stand up for himself. She felt dumb because... You know, she thought they were on the same wavelength of being scared and quote unquote weak. And here he is proving he's not. And maybe she felt a little manipulated. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe she just felt personally foolish, you know, because she'd never be able to do that for herself. And she was vulnerable with him. And now he's proving, yeah, I can take care of myself if I have to, when I feel like it. And if I were Selene, I would be like, yes, he's perfect. Yep. He's willing to fight if someone endangers a woman or hurts a woman. Come on. And he was willing to, he was willing to talk to me when everyone else is ignoring me. Like he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, Celine, put the shine on. Maybe you shouldn't stand a chance. Go for it. 
All right, panel. <laughs> Meanwhile, as this is going on, Ellie tries to convince Luke that she's just as unhappy with Ty Sands' decision as he is. Then what are you saying? That you care for me? Is that it? You think you can work me that way? Well, you can't. And what if it were true? What if I did care for you? Because I do. And they kiss. <sighs> <sighs> um, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> Uh, at least the jelly fans will be hurt by this. It's, it's just ah, I know I don't mind Ellie and Luke. I wish Lu- Ellie and Luke had met under different circumstances. Um, but we'll learn so much of this relationship, if you want to call it that, <laughs> is based on this trauma bond they formed while she was literally his prisoner. Because when she's no longer his prisoner, they don't have much solidifying their attachment to each other mm-hmm. you know they you know i you realize after this is all over with that ellie and luke likely would have never found their way to each other which brings everything into question you know um and i do think they've done a good job writing out the f- attachment these two have formed without romanticizing it too much you know um again you can't always guess what the writer's motives were but I don't think they have tried to make it sound like this beautiful love match. It's, it's not, it's messed up at the end of the day. Like you just, you can't ignore the fact that it's messed up. And I, I like their interactions though. And I, I think they've done a decent job showing that Ellie didn't just, oh, he's cute and he, I, Jack's not here and she's fighting it. She's conflicted. She doesn't understand why she feels this way. She's confused. She's not supposed to like her captor, you know? And, and then Luke, who's also struggling with his beliefs and his faith. And yet he likes this girl and he's actually hurt that this girl is using him. And it's like, well, yeah, dude, she's your slave, but (laughs) (laughs) what do you expect? She's going to do anything she can to make her life easier and to protect the people she loves and you know it's a little bit of a beauty and the beast situation mm-hmm. you know like you gotta free her to know first of all whether or not she's there by her own volition and um because she literally can't get away from you luke <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i won't lie i got a little grossed out when they kissed i was like luke don't you dare don't you dare do this right mm-hmm. Do the right thing and walk away from this poor child. <laughs> I, I did like the fact that he did go for, no, Ellie, uh, you don't need to do this. No, no I was just going to say, I'm sure a lot of teens were cheering um, on that scene and mm-hmm. them kissing. But when you actually think about it, it's really gross. <sighs> Not right. Definitely different than the dynamic between Jaffa and Tysan, because at least I can say this for sure and with my whole chest. If Luke had propositioned her and Ellie said, uh, hell no, Luke would have would have respected that. I can say that for mm-hmm. him. I have no doubt mm-hmm. that Luke would have been like, Oh, oh, of course, I'm sorry, and backed off and would have never made an overture that way towards her again. So the the vibe is different, but you just never can ignore the fact that no. mm-hmm. he's her captor at the end of the day. And um everything they've their entire bond that they have formed has been in the vein of him having complete control over her and her family and her not having any say over that. But at the end of the day, they're young, they're human, 
And yeah, his feelings are hurt to think that a girl he's developed a crush on doesn't like him in the right way and is just using him. And I like that Ellie doesn't want him to think that about her. And I like how she expresses that. I do care about you. And that's messed up because I'm not supposed to, man. And I don't want you to think badly of me. I don't think, I don't want you to think that I'd, I'd take it that far. Um, so it's, it's, mm. it's well done, but it doesn't make it any less gross. Mm -hmm. it, it's well, it's a good moment. The, the actors are doing a great job. I feel it. I feel it. I think, oh, you poor babies. You poor babies. But I, I just want to smack Luke like a mother, like, stop it. Get away from her. Cut it out. Uh, meanwhile, her own sister's thinking things like, ah, oh, finally, she managed. Yeah, at the same time going, well, don't fall for him. Like, Alex, like, Alice, what do you want? She's, she's 14 years old. <laughs> Come on, Alice. What did Jeez. you expect? Come on. You should have never put her in this position in the first place. <laughs> so I will say. Alice line and if you if you lose your heart this way you'll break mine you know like even though I don't think it's fair that Alice put her sister in this position in the first place and thought very little of the danger she was just throwing her into <laughs> I that that moment did come across to me like mm -hmm. you'll, you'll break my heart if you fall too far into this it's like maybe you shouldn't have held her over the cliff in the first place Alice yeah and you're surprised that she fell and lost her balance that's on you Alice <laughs> Come on. You fell for Lex of all people. Alice, you know how easy it is to develop feelings when you're young. Come on. But all poor I'm sorry for all the jelly fans out there. This must mm -hmm. have been just the ultimate betrayal to them. Yeah. <laughs> From that perspective it is shocking <laughs> you think about it. But hey guys, uh. like at least she waited more than six hours. Come on. <laughs> Give her some damn credit. Yeah, she did better yeah. than Bray. Way, way better. <laughs> she did better than a lot of people who find a replacement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's saying something. Yep, absolutely. So you got off lightly. <laughs> she, she fought this tooth and nail. <laughs> Come on. Get, throw the girl a bone. <laughs> She just kept being pushed further and further into it. I think it also helps that they, um, this is why I also think they knew what they were doing with Ellie and Luke and weren't trying to convince anybody that this was a true romance because of the way they end, because of the way their relationship is written when she is no longer his captive, their dynamic is completely screwed up. They don't know what to do with each other. They don't really know how to uh, interact with each other. Um, there's a lot of misunderstandings. They get along better when she's his slave than when she has freedom to live her life. Mm -hmm. And I think that somebody that had to have been purposeful. I don't think that was an accident. I don't think that was a Jack fan just trying to ruin this relationship. I think that was somebody actually trying to be honest about if a relationship is formed under this sort of duress, like you can't expect a happy ending from that. Mm -hmm. Luke doesn't know what to do with Ellie when he no longer is the one in control of her. And Ellie doesn't know what to do with Luke when she can live her life freely and do what she wants. You know, they just, they're looking at each other like they're complete strangers and frustrated with the other and the, the other's choices, you know, and in the end he can't handle it. Okay. Um, yeah, that kind of leads us to our two cliffhangers of the episodes. Scouting out the site of the purification ritual as the Joshua rehearsal for the coronation, 
Lex is shocked to discover that the new Supreme Mother is in fact Tai San. And this was done by Casey selling t-shirts with her face on it. And then Sino yeah. up on stage with the Guardian. So yeah, let's tackle that moment first. Uh, what do you make of Lex's reaction? Well, slap me with a fish. That- <laughs> Poor Lex. <laughs> In a way, I feel bad for him. <laughs> Even though he's been trying to hit every double X chromosome he could get his hands on since he hasn't been able to sneak back in the mall to see her. Um, I do kind of feel bad for the guy, especially if you've already established that for him, Anybody who would do this, you know, out of their pool of candidates that they, mm-hmm. for some reason, thought would be the candidates, it would have to be someone who would betray them. Someone who, like, he just, it would be unthinkable to him, whoever would do this. Mm-hmm. And so if he thinks that low of the person who would take this role, for it to be his wife, oh, mm-hmm. you didn't even, you didn't even think there was a chance your wife could meet somebody when you weren't around, did ya? You know, like... <laughs> Oh, the look on Caleb's face. <laughs> Jeff's kiss. I guess karma, buddy. I, you know, forget about the nonsense of Casey and the twins and the t-shirts. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> All of that crap. Tally's like, I lost my doll on the roof. And it's like, you mean the roof? The exterior of the building? You're not even allowed outside. Like, <laughs> this chosen's like, okay, sounds legit. I'll help you. <laughs> I'll go find your dolly, little dolly. Doesn't even ask, like, what are you doing here in this hallway where the slaves aren't even supposed to be? How did you get in here? <laughs> oh, so dumb. Forget mm. that stupidity. Yeah. Lex finding out that it's his wife? Whew. <laughs> <sighs> Poor guy. Like, she didn't have things to do in that mall. She didn't have her own plans. <laughs> and you knew she had her own pl- plans. I mean, she specifically mentioned that she was needed there. Mm-hmm. What do you think yeah, she was doing? He thought she was just waiting there in, in, in her bed for yeah. him to come. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> That's all she was meant to do. That's all she was meant to do. <laughs> He's come back and found that she's the new Supreme Mother. <laughs> like, it's been a while since you talked to your wife, ain't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what you get when you don't sneak in anymore, Lex. That's what she gets up to. Yeah, I do feel like it's karma, um, considering his behavior. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, it definitely would have felt like a knife in the chest if you were Lex and you saw things the way he does. Because you know that he doesn't think this has been her plan to try and control this guy. He doesn't go there. Mm. That's not where his brain goes. He immediately thinks they're knocking boots. <laughs> mm-hmm. My wife is with another man. <laughs> that's, his, that's the first place his brain goes because that's what he does. And to be fair, he knows his wife. But it's, I'm just saying, like, he doesn't even give her the benefit of the doubt. You know, it'll be mm. Bray later who tries to tell him, like, dude, you, you, me- you should know your wife better than this. You know what I mean? Uh, the fact that Lex, because of his own behavior, just assumes, oh, she got herself a boyfriend. She got herself a meal ticket. Like, just because that's what you would do, Lex. Did Casey get permission to sell t-shirts? I'm just curious. Clearly. I would love to know the logistics behind that. Don't don't think about it. It doesn't make sense how he is literally a few feet away selling T-shirts of the Thai Sands face. It doesn't make no no sense whatsoever. 
see that conversation between Casey and the Guardian. Oh, uh, yeah. How did that happen? And the guards, no, does not think about it too, too, too much. And what about the guards that did not recognize the fact that Ebony, Bray, and Lex were right in front of him? Mm. I mean, come on. It's the rehearsal. Yeah, how could you not have any security? You know, just can't, just don't think about it too deeply. It doesn't because it falls apart. It it it's like they. <laughs> it, it's like he wanted the rebels to be able to see this, see her renouncing her old tribe. It would be something if he. I can't give because that. he was very specific about her denouncing her husband. He specifically mm-hmm. said that. So it would be funny. I'm not. I'm not giving him credit for it. Yeah, but it I can't would give be him credit. <laughs> if he was like, I hope your husband sees this. <laughs> we can't seem to catch him. It'd be great if he saw this. Yeah, yes. he's bound. He's bound to hear about it. Yes, yes Casey, get those t-shirts out there. <laughs> Spread the word. Tyson is mine now. Uh. We just need to see Joppa up there doing gang signs. <laughs> I got your wife. <laughs> See, that's how Casey sold him on merchandising. <laughs> ah, it's gotta be. Oh, the Chosen have merch. The world has ended. I don't... Uh, yeah, don't... <laughs> Just pretend that bit doesn't happen. <laughs> Tally's like, he's an artist. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, sure uh, better the artist, dear. I was impressed with Ty San's face on the t-shirt. Yeah, well it looked great. Well <laughs> done, Andy. <laughs> Give him that. With those limited supplies? Yeah, Lex looked gobsmacked. Well, to be fair, who wouldn't be? I, I would just be shocked that it was a slave. Like, that's what would shock me. Not so much that it's Ty San, but mm. that of all the pool of candidates <laughs> that Jaffa would choose to take this important role... It would be people he has in captivity, not an actual chosen, someone who believes in this crap or whatever. Yeah. I'd be like, what are the odds? Seriously. It's a small world, apparently. (laughs) Only these 10 people exist in it. Yeah, and that leads us to the other cliffhanger of the episode. Don't you blame me. Don't you dare. We took you and you weren't even part of us. So what are you part of now, Celine? Your own weakness? Your own cowardice? You're the one that betrayed the tribe, not me. Betrayed what? There isn't anything left. Just stupid dead dreams. You got a mirror? Take a long look at yourself. You know what you've become? You're nothing. You're just this thing that crawls around fearing for its life. Is that what you're going to teach your kid? You want to know something? So long as no one's nominating you for Supreme Mother, as far as I'm concerned, everything's all right with the world. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! No! You're gonna hear more! You're gonna hear it all! Celine storms off, pursued by Alice, but ends up tripping and falling down the stairs. And I apologize for laughing, but it is a ridiculous <laughs> stunt. <laughs> but yeah, panel, what do you make of that argument between them? Uh, and yeah, what was your reaction to the ending? I'll start with the positives. The art <laughs> I'll start with the positives, right? The argument is fantastic. This is a mm-hmm. cool, very well acted scene between them. I even like the camera angles. Um, mm-hmm. What's being said needs to be said. They did a good job of ramping up Celine to the episode so that we understand why she's in the emotional state she's 
in. Alice, too, is sick of her crap. Alice has had too much crap today. She ain't taking any more of Celine's. So that is all very good, well established there. And what the, the just them, so their back and forth feels like it doesn't feel like it came out of nowhere, you know. I so I, you know, sometimes you see arguments, you're like, how did we get here, you know? This they did a good job laying the groundwork for this one. And even the fact that, you know, Celine needs to run from the room. And Alice is like, oh, I'm not done with you. I, I, <laughs> I've been wanting to go off on somebody for a while. I'm going to hit you with both barrels. And I will say that the stunt woman, aside from the wig, that's not your fault, sweetheart, uh, did a good job going down the stairs for her stunt alone. Not mm -hmm. counting how the fall happens. Just just the role, just the role that the stunt woman had to perform. Kudos to her. Um, those are my positives. <laughs> Celine, Celine, I want to know how you. I, I want to know how this fall happened. I'm trying to work it out. I've been trying to work it out for 20 years. Did she? Was she so upset when she was running up the stairs that her forward momentum going up the stairs made her hit the banister, and that's what threw her back? <laughs> Because the momentum. Speaking as a very clumsy the momentum. person, I yep. could do that. I can't see people doing that, but that's mainly because I'm that utterly clumsy. I, I, yeah, I don't mind her like the hit in her head and falling down, but that momentum was disproportionate. She fell down all the way to the center and then continued rolling <laughs> on the flat surface down and continued all the way to the bottom. It, it, it was just too mm -hmm. much. They, it should have just stopped there, but had to have a full write down for some reason. It, it was just too much. To make it clear to us that there was no way that this was going to end well. Just have a full roughly on the first bit, but like all the way. <laughs> There's no the motion to do it. <laughs> She fell as though Alice had thrown her yeah. down them stairs. <laughs> she thrown when she was just a stumble. <laughs> she hit her head, kind of backflipped all the way down the stairs and then down onto the floor. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> kind of just wish we'd never had the fall down the stairs. I, I don't like the fall down the stairs, lose the baby cliche. Mm. I, I just don't like it. Mm. It's, I just feel like there's so many ways for you for someone to lose a child during pregnancy that it was so unnecessary i mean it happens more often than people are willing to talk about and there are plenty of people who lose a child before they even know they're pregnant it just happens mm -hmm. and we should normalize discussing it rather than it being this taboo topic and it can only happen if some physical trauma happens to you or whatever i, I think it would have made more sense considering the stress that Selena yeah. was under if she mm -hmm. simply lost the baby due to that, you mm -hmm. know, and it, you'd still have the storyline, you know, like she and Alice can still be arguing and Celine can still storm from the room, but then she doubles over in pain, you know, because she's just got yeah. herself mm -hmm. so worked up. Alice can still feel guilty about it. Like I'm the one who got her so upset. I drove her to this place. It's my fault. You know, Celine can still struggle with, did I do this because of my choices and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't feel like the mm -hmm. stairs were necessary for this. It just mm -hmm. ends up being more comical and cliche. And it didn't need to, it didn't need all that. Agreed. I do wonder if they went for the stairs route because of the age group it was aimed at. And they just wanted to make it very, very obvious. I thought about that. Yeah. You're, you're probably right. Playing for the back row. 
Yeah, I can't disagree. I, f- I feel like if it was season one, we could have got the stress angle. But at this point, I f- do feel like, yeah, obvious I answers. <laughs> I think I could have bought the fall and all that momentum that sends her literally all the way to the bottom. Um, I think I would have bought it more if the argument had started upstairs, you know, yeah. um, and <laughs> Celine was running to, you know, like in a, the momentum, yeah. she, like she was moving she quickly was running, towards yeah. the stairs <laughs> and then she lost her footing because then she'd have that forward momentum that could send her crashing all the way down. You know what I mean? Rather than going up the stairs, some, I, I think she banged her head and then falling backwards. <laughs> You've never managed to fall when running up the stairs. I, I have. And I've never gone flying down the stairs and skidding across the room. I have fallen up the stairs many a time. <laughs> and usually you just stumble and fall on your face. Yeah. I I have my share of falling down the stairs. I've never done a Scarlet O'Hara fall down the grand staircase. It's never happened to me. And I have literally, it's a joke in my family how many times I have fallen down the stairs. Every house we live in, I christen the stairs by falling down Mm -hmm. them at least twice. (laughs) Uh, Kudos to the stunt actor. I mean, that was incredible. (laughs) It's just ridiculous, but incredible. (laughs) Like She was a little too too fast, too furious for me to buy this. (laughs) She should have just shot right past Alice in the fountain. (laughs) Like, she was. There's a lot of speed she got. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And yeah, I ended up giggling, even though I'm like, this is supposed to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, a really good episode with quite a few cliffhangers in there. You've got the Luke and Ellie, you've got Luke, mm-hmm. um, Lex finding out about Tyson, you've got Alice and, Alice and Celine. It's like some really good hard hitting bits thrown at you all at once. Things are happening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's a pretty good episode. I mean, there's a couple things you have to mm. ignore in it, but otherwise I think it's a good episode. It's got some good writing and the actors are killing it. They were given something to work with and uh, we all got to see Pride take out Ned, which for me is a high point. Oh yeah, absolutely. It just finally feels like things are moving forward yep. a little. <laughs> that brings series three, episode 24 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if I take part in a future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page, on our website, or on Instagram, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for episode 25. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.